a crucial ocean system is at risk. That story and more on H2O Radio's weekly news report. I'm Jamie Sudler. I'm Franny Halperin, and it's This Week in Water. New research released last week is indicating that an ocean system critical to global weather and redistributing heat on Earth is becoming unstable and could collapse. The Atlantic Meridional Overturning Circulation, or AMOC, includes the Gulf Stream and carries warm, salty water from the tropics nearly to the Arctic, where it's cooled and sinks before flowing south again. Global warming is disturbing the AMOC system. Increased rainfall and enhanced melting of the Greenland ice sheet add fresh water to the surface ocean, reducing its salinity and density. This inhibits its sinking and weakens the flow of the AMOC. The system is considered a key tipping point for Earth's climate. If the circulation stopped, there could be extreme cold weather in Europe and North America. Sea levels would rise along the U.S. East Coast, and important monsoonal rains that bring water to much of the world for drinking and agriculture would be disrupted. The new research does not predict when a collapse of the AMOC system could occur, and meanwhile, there may be more imminent climate tipping points, such as deforestation of the Amazon and the melting of polar ice sheets. Drought driven by climate change has led to the shutdown of one of California's largest hydroelectric plants for the first time ever because of falling water levels. The Hyatt Power Plant at Lake Oroville in Northern California was taken offline and was just one of the many historic actions by the state as it experiences the accelerated impacts of global warming. Last week, officials decided to stop water deliveries to thousands of farmers and landowners who had rights to divert water from the vast San Joaquin and Sacramento Delta watershed, which stretches from Fresno to Oregon. The Delta supplies water to more than two-thirds of Californians and irrigates millions of acres of farmland. In the state's wine country, grape growers, ranchers, and farmers were ordered to stop taking water from the Russian River. Some vineyards decided that instead of producing Pinot Noir and Syrah, grapes will be cut off vines before they ripen. One owner told the San Francisco Chronicle that by dropping the fruit, the vines can retain carbohydrates and improve their health for future years. Meanwhile, the three-week-old Dixie wildfire in the northern Sierra Nevada mountains has become California's second largest ever. The blaze destroyed the entire gold rush town of Greenville, which dates back to the 1850s. As of August 8th, the Dixie fire was only 21% contained, Smoke from it and other wildfires in West Coast states overran cities hundreds of miles away. On August 7th, Denver, Colorado had the worst air quality of any major city in the world, with Salt Lake City, Utah, not far behind. When fighting fires, crews try to make strides at night when flames die down and humidity rises to build fire breaks, move equipment, or just rest. Unfortunately, climate change is making that harder. According to a new study, wildfires are starting earlier in the morning and dying down later at night, leaving less time to recover and regroup before the next day's flare-up. One reason, scientists say, is that as Earth's atmosphere heats up from climate change, both days and nights are getting warmer. However, nighttime temperatures are rising faster. But that's only part of the problem. Researchers from the University of Washington say that nighttime air is also drier. The study found that over the past decade in the southern Sierra Nevada mountains, 
nighttime air's drying power, its vapor pressure deficit, was 50% higher than the average in the 1980s and 90s. Vegetation typically absorbs moisture overnight, so it ignites less readily. But hotter, drier nighttime air makes plants and debris more combustible and firefighting more challenging. And finally, there was a lot of gold, silver, and bronze at the Tokyo Olympics this summer, but less apparent might be how much green there was. Japan made incorporating sustainability a key consideration in the planning and operations of the Games. Many of the buildings hosting events already existed, and new ones were temporary structures made of recycled wood that will be dismantled after the Games end. Electric cars, zipped competitors, and media to venues, and the Olympic torches were made out of construction debris from temporary housing built after the earthquake and tsunami of 2011. Athletes slept on recyclable cardboard beds and mattresses, podiums were made from recycled plastic, and even the medals were made from recycled materials. Two years before the games, Japanese residents were encouraged to drop off old electronics at donation stations. Organizers estimate nearly 80,000 tons of discarded mobile phones, digital cameras, and laptops were collected. The gold gathered during the campaign to make medals was alone worth over $2 million. Looking ahead to future Olympics, hopefully Tokyo will set a precedent for the games where the planet is the winner. That's it for this week in water. We'll see you next time.